Benedict Cumberbatch broke the delicate luggage rack. <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch and his flowery cabbage patch. Wait, are these are these the plots for the new episodes of Sherlock? Seven days to play. Welcome to Seven Days to Play, your weekly mobile game review program. I am Sam. And I'm your podcast co-host, Edwin, and each week we challenge one another to play a new mobile game. This week it was my turn. I chose the bonfire colon Forsaken Lands. So Forsaken. So Forsaken. Yeah, and grim and bleak and kind of scary. I would have liked to have called it, it starts with the bonfire colon and then becomes Forsaken Lands. That's a little bit wordy though. <laughs> yes, that is, a, that is a long title. I mean, you have enough problems trying to fit in the name of the app. Under yes. the app icon. Yeah, they can't even get SteamWorld Heist. They just have SW. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't it like Heist for a while? I tried Steam. Steam. <laughs> it just rotates. It's a steamy game. But that wasn't the game we picked. Nope. SteamWorld Heist? Nope. That's an old one. That is one of our favorites, though. The Bonfire, Colon Forsaken Lands, is a... I would say this is a combination between a clicker and whatever a planet of mine was an r four x an r r r o is an x yeah. yeah is it is it kind of it was, would you call it a four x i'd call it like a variation of a four x yeah and remind me of the x's uh explore spot. right yes exterminate yes um uh, that's true We've, those two things apply to this game yep and then there's something about excavate which is like yes. exca- you get the resources, kind of building stuff, yeah, yep. and then also applicable. Uh, exacerbate. <laughs> <laughs> Just have to say, it's really good. Explore. Oh my god! Yeah, I always forget the last X. X. Extremely complicated UI. Expand. Mm, yep. Yeah. Okay. Oh, great. So no exploit. Exploit. Uh, that's that's what. Oh, I see. So explore, expand, exterminate. And exploit. Exploits resources. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. So it's basically one of those, but it also has like a clicker mechanic in that you can perform rep- repetitive tasks. So you find yourself in the wilderness, these titular forsaken lands, and you need to start by collecting wood to build the bonfire, also the titular bonfire. It just goes on from there. You build fires that attract people to come by and hang your out bonfire and they're like, Hey, what's this warm fire? And then you can exploit them to work in your minds. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, go work in the mines. I'm just gonna hang out by the fire. <laughs> then you build huts and then you can build mines and shipyards. And, and then other you start to build tools for the people to use. Like, Hey, you go farm using this cart while I just gonna <laughs> daintily pick this apple and put it into the bushel <laughs> and bring me a margarita while they're at it. <laughs> Yeah, you never get to a stage where you craft the poolside bar. Or craft hats. You're the only person with a hat, I think. <laughs> that's true. Where does the hat come from? What a that's giant what, plot hole. That that's found what already. makes him the leader. Mm, he does wear many hats. <laughs> uh, there is a Minecraft-style twist to it in that there's a day and night mechanic. So mm. during the days, you are working, Busily plowing that field. Doing those four X's. But at night... Dun, dun, dun. that's when the monsters come out monsters do come out in the shape of a giant wolf scary spider sometimes a big spider sometimes a praying mantis with a like gianter wolf yeah i'm doing a motion of crab claws <laughs> snappy claws <laughs> yeah like so you to need them. to balance your building and resource gathering during the day with uh guarding and fighting at night right and the way that you balance it is that Whatever worker is working in the day 
will get tired throughout the day. And so if you overwork them, they will die. So, right. But so, you can't not give them a job, though. Yeah. They always have to have some job. There are essentially two jobs, right? There's the worker, which you do work throughout the day. Mm-hmm. You either mine. I you know either, that feeling. You either <laughs> go chop down wood for that fire or to build stuff, or you go farm. Uh, and these are mostly done throughout the day. And then there's going to be like some other jobs later on, but that comes a bit later. And the jobs that you do at night is to guard, right? And this is mainly so that you don't die whenever the wolves attack. And that is essentially the point of the game is to survive the night to carry on playing another day. Right. Play another day. <laughs> this is James Bond's favorite game. Um, <laughs> to play another day. Well, yes, Mr. Bond. I expect you to play. <laughs> How many times do you want me to play? Seven. <laughs> We should also mention there is a story element, which I'm sure Sam will love, because that was one of our complaints about the last clicker we played, Egg Ink. Egg Ink, Which yeah. is purely clicking, no story. Here, there, I didn't get far enough, as we shall talk about later, mm-hmm. I didn't get far enough to really uncover the story, but I am led to believe there is a story. I, I got the notion of it. I don't know if I actually reached that point as well. There's something, something about the ancients. Yeah. Right? I don't know. I didn't and get there. But I do feel like there was something outside of your camped area yes because one of the tasks you can give your proletariat is uh a scout scout Mm -hmm. wanderer oh yes a explorer and sometimes they come back sometimes they don't but when they do come back there's like oh we found a dungeon or we found some something which yeah there's it was really confusing so getting into the details of that aspect like it was great that that aspect was there like there's mysterious things around your camp. But yeah, once, which is kind of cool. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. But once you discover it, like, there is a time limit, which I was not aware of, in which you can actually perform that action to go do it. So, like, a scout will come back and say, hey, there's a hidden thing over here that you need to send someone to. Or we need someone with a shield, a warrior. We need a warrior to go to this thing. And that's usually on, like, some sort of time limit. That it's not clear, uh, mm-hmm. And then after a while, it's like, okay, you know, if I if I ever make a shield and then I make a warrior, <laughs> yeah, like I'll send I'll send that person off on that quest or whatever. But when I did build it, like that opportunity for the warrior to go there oh, was, he- was gone, and that wasn't clear at all. And sure. I think this just to me goes on to like the bigger point of like the game elements are there, but the UX makes it very hard for me to understand what's going on. Yeah, yeah. UX. Mm-hmm. I fear we shall get to that in the bad points. More like boo X. <laughs> boo, boo. I kind of want to talk a little bit about the artwork. Yes. It's pretty beautiful to look at. It's nice. They do a really good job of weather and times of day and the sun setting. Sometimes it's rainy, sometimes it's foggy, sometimes it's crystal clear. Very Altoids Odyssey. <laughs> It's that same sort of vectorized style, which is clean. I would yeah. not actually say that. It's, it's like saying, Uh-oh. you know, a Monet looks like every other impression, an impressionistic painting. <laughs> right? It's Right. It's of a style, but perhaps not quite as well executed or... Right. I wouldn't even say... I, like, I think it, it serves totally different purposes. I think what's really good about this style is it clearly um, visualizes everything that's happening. Right and in pretty good detail, but without hogging up too much resources and making it like 
grotesque CG-esque super realistic style right I'm kind of glad that they kept it like vector based and nice to look at yeah it is very nice to look at like some days I'll just you know scroll around and look at the look at the pretty hills and the oh little Christmas trees and the windmill so the thing that I also wonder with like as soon as I started building it does seem like there are very it's like a linear path on you building like everyone who builds a farm will always build in that spot right oh they have pre-selected positions yes everyone who builds that cave will always build it across the little bridge right oh yeah yeah there's something about the linearity of this that makes it not feel like a proper 4x right like you're not picking the spots as to like where to build it or it's not random enough to like if you play it again the only differences are going to be like, you know, how many wolves come at night or something like that. The strategy is pretty limited in this yeah. game. Although it's limited, but it's, it's it, for me, like for a mobile game, like it was good for me to be a little bit busy handed with it. I was assigning roles on the fly a little bit. And then when I noticed like I didn't have enough guards at night, I quickly made some farmers rest because I felt like I was good with the resources for food. Mm-hmm. And that allowed them to rest up for the night and made them effective guards at night. You know, like those kind of things, I think it was really good to play off of. But overall, like, I would probably not play this again with like a fresh take. That initial start was pretty slow. So let us get to how far you got in the game. I would open up my Forgotten Lands Broken Bonfire. What? (laughs) Yep, Forgotten Lands Broken Bonfire. Let's see, I... So there's a bunch of different modes. There's a normal mode and a veteran mode. I just went normal to begin with. Mm-hmm. I didn't really explore any further than that. And I got to day 15. Oh, me too. Ah, I'm exactly on nice. day 15. And that's where I burnt out really hard and me haven't too. played it since. <laughs> yeah, me too. I just stopped playing after that. Um, what were some of the contributing factors of you stopping? The story never really got going. I wanted to know more about the story, mm. but at the same time, I was a little bit... Yeah, I think I would like to move the story up a little more to keep me more interested. But the m- main thing was the UI just became really clumsy to navigate through. How do I describe this UI? You get everything is a scroll of very large boxes along the bottom in a way that is very tedious. T- <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like assigning workers jobs or reassigning workers jobs is really complicated or just very clumsy to do and that's something you want to do quite a lot because as you build new mines or new things for workers to do you want to reassign the old ones or get get the people to become guards at night and just oh my god there's so much tapping you have to go find the workers no you find the job so you get a list of all the jobs that are being done then tap on that job then you get a list of all the people that are doing those jobs then you have to tap on the person then you have to tap change job Mm -hmm. and then you go back to the other oh my gosh and just if you want to be quick about it, like sometimes night creeps up and you're like, Ooh, Oh wait, I need some more guards. Oh my gosh. That was so tedious to yeah. go find like three guards that takes, I don't know, 20 taps to do that. And that's like, well, this isn't fun. This is just me scrolling endlessly through a list, tapping on buttons. Totally. I think that was pretty much what killed it for me. Right. Where I'm like, eh, well, I don't care about the story. Yeah. I have very similar reactions. Like I think the story part, I could have gone without like knowing what the story is all about. Like I was just happy with building but for me, what was missing was the knowledge as to like why I was building something, right? Like, oh, it gives mm. me an option to. What's my motivation? Exactly, like, like Benedict Cumberbatch would say. 
like it gives me an option to build a sickle, right? It doesn't really tell you like, oh, it makes farming more effective. Like a person who's equipped with a sickle will farm X times faster. Like mm-hmm. there's nothing like that. So I'm like, why should I build a sickle? And it doesn't even give you any tips like, oh, you know, like if you actually give a sickle to one of your guards, they'll actually kill the wolves quicker or something like that. Right. And that's true. You can do it because yeah, when I, trying it, yeah. Yeah, I ended up <laughs> trying it, but I felt even having a bit more information on what you're building and why you're building it for could actually build a story around why you're building stuff in the first place, right? Like it it asks like, oh, you can now build a pasture. And all it says is like, oh, like, you know, if you have a, the small description I think is like, if you have a pasture, like you can grow sheep. But I'm like, what does that actually do? Like it gives you, you know, it's only after you build it after you spend the resources to build it, it's like, oh, it gives you one skin. And I'm like, okay, what does Great. the skin do? <laughs> yeah, there's, there's something also about it where I felt like it was kind of ripping off this other game that was really popular a couple of years ago called A Dark Room. Mm, okay, I have heard this mentioned in reviews. Yeah, so A Dark Room is a super minimalistic game, but more of a clicker style. Um, and it's made by one developer and it actually starts out the same way. Like you're in this dark room, you create a fire, right? And then you stoke the fire. And when the, when the fire is getting really hot, someone comes into the room who is like, you know, uh, a cold shivering person that's kind of unknown. And you're like, who is this person? And it's like, there's, you start building stories around your head and it's really mysterious, but ultimately it goes through the same steps. Like, you know, this person starts collecting wood and then you build a cart you start getting more you start getting more wood and then you start to build all these other resources so i felt like this game was definitely inspired that but did like a pretty good job of fleshing it out to where things were visual but i think that's where it kind of stopped for me like it didn't build out the possibility for me to expand or like really invest into the story aspect and even like motivate me to continue on let's get to the 3 by 3s first good point for me it is pretty pretty to look at yeah. pretty pretty they done a good job with the artwork. Perhaps not Alto's adventure level. <laughs> when it first started, I was like, ooh, okay, yeah, 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 I'm down for this. Yeah, this I was kind of nice. worried about the, the coolie hat, mainly because it could be kind of racist. <laughs> it has a pretty deep gameplay for something like this. Like for a clicker, uh, I was intrigued by the fact that, oh, you can actually build stuff and it does stuff in a way that, you know, contributes to you actually furthering your progress from like a expansion standpoint. So that was really nice. Like that's what I felt was kind of missing from egg Inc. Like you pretty much did the exact same thing without getting uh, like leveling up your tech tree. Um, And I felt like this did it pretty well. And despite not getting very, very far in the story, it still feels like the actual thing was moving reasonably quickly. There was the beginning. We had a little bit of a slow start, mainly because like the main person collects resources very, very slowly. Which is you with a hat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty bad. <laughs> but yes, once you've managed to con some locals into working for you, things started to pick up quite quickly. <laughs> I really enjoyed the combination of like it being kind of a real-time strategy game from you like selecting the rules on the fly pretty quickly to, you know, the 4X building clicker game. So yeah. that aspect was pretty enjoyable while it lasted. Yeah, I really liked that they, it was a clicker, but with a story. Which I was like, huh, that's quite cool. 
That's what it's supposed to be. Having a, well, having only really ever played Egg Inc. as my other clicker, which has no story. Yeah. Uh, this was like, oh, okay, nice. And like with pretty graphics and stuff. I was like, oh, this could be good. So to begin with, I was quite hopeful. Yeah, me too. But then that kind of went away. <laughs> so, bad <laughs> points. to the bad points. <laughs> the, the UX and the buttons. Having to scroll through the buttons, like you mentioned, it was just like super tedious. Yeah. You know, it just wasn't a good system. It was confusing, to be honest. Like all the buttons looked exactly the same. They did. Yep. With the same type of font. I mean, yep. obviously it's going to have the same font. Same there color, was, same, yeah. same shape, same size. And quite a few times I would forget where I was. The button for the mine is the same as the button for a the farm. worker. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You could have taken advantage of stuff like force touch. You know, that could have been a nice like shortcut. I even tried like, oh, maybe they've just implemented force touch and I can press and hold to bring up a quick menu to like quickly change jobs or something like that. But no, yeah, no, nothing like that. This was another question for me. Like, does it need to be in landscape? I guess if they're going to try and make the game for the desktop as well, which I think they did, then that makes sense. But yeah. this game really didn't need to be in landscape mode. I think from what I understand, they also just ported the UI straight into desktop yeah so you get those stupid buttons looks exactly the same yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you thought it was infuriating on a touchscreen try it with a mouse exactly <laughs> but i feel like if they took the opportunity to actually make this in portrait mode like you have the opportunity to scroll up and down a list which might be easier yeah right yeah right 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 it's like you have so many great scroll mechanics and stuff that's is built into ios yeah like i would like them to use it they could have made a two-handed game one-handed game which to me that's the it holy grail. Increases like. the playability by at least 25%. <laughs> yeah. Another thing that increases playability by at least 25%, don't steal the damn audio session. Oh, let yeah. me do something else, especially in a game that's like re- kind of designed to be repetitive. For God's sake, let me listen to a podcast or something. Uh, that was another huge problem. <laughs> Did, it continue- Did it continuously steal the audio session? Yes. Sometimes oh, you boy. can trick it because it'll like interrupt and then you can bring up a uh, control center and, and play it again. And sometimes you can trick a game, but no, this is like, nope, you are going to have to listen to this music or nothing at all. Don't give me options to like turn off the music if I can't then choose what I want to listen to. Oh, so frustrating. There's no reason for this. Yeah. And it's not like the audio was really spectacular as well. Like it wasn't perfectly yeah. engineered to, yeah. <laughs> if I could have chosen my own backing track, which would have been a podcast, I could have played it a little bit longer. I would have given it a longer go. My final bad point is that there really was no description of what you're building. Maybe there is for the desktop version. Maybe the mouse over actually works there, but it didn't work for this. I had no idea why I wanted to build a bridge. You know, it was a bit earlier on, but I got it. But like down the line, like, why am I going to build a forge? Like, why do I want to build a tannery? What is it going to open up for me? Like, yeah, tannery is confusing. I was like, uh, I can make some leather. Yeah. Mm. But then you don't know what that's going to do, right? Like I had no idea that making a tannery will allow me to make leather, which then allows me to make the shield. Oh, is that what it does? Okay, nice. (laughs) Clever. Okay. Stuff like that, I feel, could be available to you to read, but like, don't do it in in a silly help file. Actually make it a part of the game. Wait, there's a help file? No, no, no. Like, that's what what Planet of Mine did. Mm, It just put it in some, like, wiki. wiki Even that wasn't that helpful. (laughs) There was no strategy, really, for a game that I think tries to make you think there's strategy there's not really a whole bunch you said it it's very linear what options you have really are just what resources are going to be created and how many guards do i assign at night mm. and that's kind of it yeah and you just kind of keep doing that over and over again 
I think it feels it's kind of masquerading as a strategy game, but actually it's just the clicker. Yeah, you know? I agree. And my final bad point, I think there's a story in there, but I got bored before I could un- make it unfold. Yeah, it took a really long time for things to ramp up. But in the meantime, like I think the mechanics were actually pretty solid for me to continue, but overall mm-hmm. it didn't hook me as it would if it did have a story. Or at least I would have liked to have had a bit more of a hint of a story just to keep me engaged earlier. Final rating, Sam. How many days? Four out of seven. Mm, yeah. Three out of seven for me. Yeah. And that was like a really hard stop. I went, you know, I played it quite a bit yeah. for those first three days. And then, yeah, once I just hit that wall of this ridiculous box scrolling UI where I just couldn't do the things I wanted to do, I was like, eh, I'm done. Yeah, it was a really hard stop for me too. Like <laughs> I was enjoying it until then. I was like, oh, this is kind of nice. Like I can, I can, you know, I'm, I'm building stuff. I'm crafting stuff. My people, I'm getting to know their name, like Zandu and Seru and Fada and Wedgie. You know, these are my boys. Yeah. <laughs> but then, I think it just got too complicated. Yeah. I think they just escalated and increased the complexity of the UI to a point where it just stopped being fun to play. So there it is, three and four days, respectively. We just reviewed our fourth game of the month. Game of the month. Game. Ooh, that's a blast of from the, the past. Month. <laughs> For some reason, we missed it in the last month, or maybe even two months before. I don't know who's keeping track. Yeah, let's not <laughs> think about that too much. But here are the four games that we've reviewed for this month. Ooh, yeah, remind me: The Bonfire, Forsaken Lands, Florence, Ooh. Criminal Case, Colon. Save the World, Exclamation Point, <laughs> Alto's Odyssey, aka Ooh. Altoids Odyssey. Oh boy. Well, there's some stinkers in there. <laughs> Edwin, what would be your pick? It has to be Alto's Odyssey. Because that's the only good game. <laughs> I think that's about the only game I played for longer than three days. So, If, if Alto's Odyssey wasn't on this list, <laughs> it would be Florence for me. Okay. Um, oh, but... I, thought, I thought you were going to ask me what would be your choice if Alto's Odyssey was not on the list. Oh yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. If Alto's Odyssey wasn't on this list, what would be your game of the month? Oh my god. Probably Criminal Case Save the World. Oh my god. <laughs> that's how much I hated Florence. Oh, that is less of a game than Florence's in so many ways. That's, that's a valid point. Okay. Okay, so... Congratulations, Altoids Odyssey. You have won seven days to play's game of the month for the month of March. March, March 2010. No. March 2018. For some reason, I'm a vocal with a robot right now. And here's the next game, Edwin. What do you got? We need to be a little bit technical about this because I know that this is a game that you're not going to be able to play in the subway, which is your gaming spot of choice. You just <laughs> yep. you know camp out in the subway trains and play these games. Yep, I've got pretty good at getting a seat. When you're not in the subway. Okay. Which feels like maybe 30% of my life. Yeah. <laughs> you have seven days to play PUBG Mobile. Aha. Our favorite Papa Gump has come to the mobile. <laughs> Finally. Come to iOS. Is it, is it Android? I don't think they've done Android yet. I don't think it's on Android. Yeah. Well, let's find out. Let's find out. Yes, it's on, it's on Android. Okay, great. So PUBG Mobile made by the good PUBG Corporation, a.k.a. Bluehole, has now been ported by the company Tencent Mm. for mobile devices. You have seven days to play PUBG Mobile. While you are in the subway, however... Oh, what's happening now? This is a doubleheader. This is a doubleheader. Okay. Unprecedented in the history of seven days to play. Seven days to play Hoppenhelm. 
Is that where Thor lives? Hoppen. <laughs> it, is, okay. it is the rainbow city of Hoppenhelm. Okay. H-O-P-P-E-N. H-E-L-M. All I got was H-H-L-L-M-H-L-L-P-M? H-O-P-P-E-N. Yes. H-E-L-M. Oh, I see. Okay, I got you. Jump over pitfalls, razor sharp spikes, and crumbling blocks. Ooh, it sounds like Prince of Persia. Deflect flying fireballs, enemy attacks, and axe swings. Bust open doors to secret rooms full of lava and gather shiny coins. Sir Hoppenhelm is lost down in the dungeons of his castle, Dunkelberg. <laughs> Hoppenhelm Dunkelberg. Isn't he the guy that played Sherlock? <laughs> and must jump, block, and slash his way back to safety before rising lava gets him. Collect coins to unlock allies with unique abilities or expand your armory with new, neat weapons. Hey, this weapon is so neat. <laughs> cool. Okay, this is kind of fun. Oh, this definitely works into your PPKP aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Should I read the description for PUBG? Yeah, why not? Let's do it. All right. Because that is the, the main game. That is the main the game. The primary game. I'm not so much curious. of a description. Okay. I'm so curious about it, yeah. Officially licensed PUBG Mobile. <laughs> the original Battle Royale style game is coming. <laughs> Exclamation oh, point. Dear. Yep. Wait, isn't it here? <laughs> Someone needs to update the app description. Mm. Unreal Engine 4 brings smooth, next-generation graphics to your mobile device, comma, oh, and so produces weird. a graphical and audio experience that perfectly recreates the PC version. Perfectly. That's I'm, I'm so interested why they keep referring to the PC version when they can just totally own up to a complete mobile-centric version. Yeah. Right? And who cares about Unreal 4? That right. seems like a weird detail to add to your you know, advertising. Maybe they just think they're so popular. Yeah. They don't actually need to do any kind of, you know, enticing. I think I know why. It's, so their first bullet point, game features, it okay. says, Tell officially, me. officially licensed PUBG on mobile. So, Ooh, look at that. There are lots of licensed. different other games that claim to be the PUBG, mm. right, of the mobile game. We, we've seen a few. Yes. Um, but I think that was like their biggest claim is that this is the official PUBG game on mobile. It's official. It's official. It's what Brendan plays. All the time. Yeah. That's all he has. <laughs> he will not be playing Hop and Helm. You think? Well, Brendan, tweet us at seven days to play. <laughs> Call the show. Yeah. So you have seven days to play two games. Yes. PUBG Mobile. Woohoo. And Hop and Helm. I look forward to it. We have a bonus section this week. Pillow talk. Pillow talk. (laughs) Pillow talk with Sam and Edwin. Well, hello. (laughs) Good evening. That was my favorite named segment of all time. For the listener who is not a completist of the Sam and Edwin podcast archives. And I know there's maybe one of you out there. The podcast universe of Sam and Edwin. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. We had a section in our old podcast, Is This the Show? It turns out that Sam spends an inordinate amount of time and money and spending money on pillows. I think we've gone through your history of pillows, the buckwheat pillow, the cervical pillow, <laughs> or the memory foam pillow. There was, a, there was a flat memory foam pillow. And rumor has it, you have a new pillow. I do have a new pillow. Okay, so tell me what was your previous pillow and now what is the new pillow? So my previous pillow, the just previous before, yeah, yeah. Was the, it, was a, it was a pillow that was designed for stomach sleepers. Okay. Right, so it is a shallower pillow that is memory foam. Uh, mainly because like when I sleep, like, I don't know, I don't know how people can sleep with like their head totally tilted forward. Like, I don't get it. Like 
when people have like two or three pillows. Oh, you're a back sleeper. Yeah. If, I mean, I am a back sleeper as well. Okay. But even then, like, I don't understand how you can have like three or four pillows on your back so that you're essentially like kind of <laughs> hunched over as you're on your back. Like, right, you wake up as a hunchback. That doesn't seem like it's conducive to easy breathing, which is... <laughs> no, all sort of long, long-term posture health. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So I like the shallower pillow because it actually just, you know, I can actually rest my head on the bed. <laughs> <laughs> but you reach a limitation with this. The, the memory foam portion of it is, it's a little bit too shallow, okay. right? <laughs> okay. That's why I kind of like the cervical pillow as well, because it, it provided, you know, enough support right on my neck area so that actually arches my neck a little bit back mm-hmm. and still cradles my head in a nice way. Only thing about it is like you can only sleep with it on your back. Like you can't even turn to your side and have a good time with it. For those of us who don't know what a cervical pillow is, that is essentially it's like a U-shape. Think of it like it's, it's a pillow that kind of feel, looks like there's a donut in the middle of it. Like there's a, it's an empty spot in the middle and you, that's where you put the back of your head. So now by the virtue of it being on sale, I got the purple pillow. Purple being another one of these mattress in a box startups that seems to be everywhere right now. Yep. You might've seen the commercials on Facebook where the purple technology lady puts like (laughs) eggs on the mattress and then actually squeezes down (laughs) and doesn't actually crack the egg, you know? see for me that turns me off because i like a really hard mattress right so i'm like oh this is just way too soft yeah i want those eggs scrambled and mashed to a pulp and then i'll be like okay that is a mattress for me but that's the point about this is like while it provides that initial layer of softness there's enough firm to yeah underneath that actually maintains your posture in a correct way basically i just want a slightly squishy rock yeah that's that's my dream (laughs) if we can engineer that somehow that'd be great (laughs) have you ever slept on a waterbed yeah, it's gross. Um, okay. If, you, if you're ever in bed with a partner, not in that way, but just like sleeping, right? And you have to like go get a drink of water or, <laughs> you know, go for a wee. <laughs> That's there's like no way that oh. you're not going to wake that other person up on a waterbed. Well, this is a tidal wave. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Whoa, whoa. But back, to, yeah. but back to the purple pillow. So purple make mattresses and now as all mattress in a box companies apparently have to do, they've expanded into pillows and yep. sheets and anything else bedroom related. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So they now offer a pillow. I found that often they're pretty expensive. Like you look at that Casper pillow and you're like, wow, this is $75. Yeah. You're having a laugh, mate. <laughs> I would pay $75 for the perfect pillow. But right now I pay $15 for the Ikea memory foam pillow, which is actually pretty damn good. Mm. And pretty hard, which I like. <laughs> so. so far, it's been like a really good start Okay, to the yeah. Purple Pillow. How long has the trial been going for? For about a week. Okay. okay. The only problem with like these mattress, like this memory foam crap, is that there's like a gassing smell, right? Like oh. there's like, mm. it has this odor of chemicals that will kill you or change your DNA. <laughs> That's the memory That's seeping out. Exactly. Steals your memories. <laughs> <laughs> So, okay, yes, right. Odor. So that little aspect is going on. Does it smell Uh, like purple? Does it smell like blackberries? It smells, it smells like purple. Exactly. Mm. It smells like what you think purple (laughs) would smell like. Okay. (laughs) Given the material that it, so the other thing that I'm noticing is that it actually makes like a squishy sound. (laughs) Oh dear. (laughs) I don't know if you've ever played with slime, like that toy slime. 
It was huge in uh, Instagram videos for a while. Right. And you know when you like squeeze it in your hand, it kind of makes that like <laughs> sound. Good impression. Yeah. It kind of makes that sound whenever you rest your head on it oh, initially, mm-hmm. but it's it's fine afterwards. It doesn't we'll wake see. you up when you we'll change. See. No, we'll <laughs> see how it goes. <laughs> but to begin with, would you recommend this pillow? Um, I don't think it's for everyone. Because <laughs> clearly you have quite specific tastes and requirements. Uh, it is expensive. It is an expensive pillow. I think normally it is $99. Oh boy. Yeah. But for something you spend 30% of your life on. Right. And for something that I direly need, which is sleep. <laughs> You're like, I will spend any money if I can just sleep. Yeah. My recommendation would be try the Ikea memory foam pillow. This is 15 bucks, which I really like. And I use that in combination with a regular feather pillow. Mm. So I can mix it up a bit. So sometimes if I want a big hard rock to sleep on, put the memory foam pillow on top. But then sometimes I want to mix it up, put the memory foam pillow on the bottom. And then sometimes just have the memory foam on it alone. This gives you flexibility. Mm. So I recommend A, IKEA memory foam pillow, pretty decent. And two, combine it with a feather pillow to give you ultimate flexibility. Ultimate flexibility. And total maneuverability. <laughs> See, they don't advertise that on the purple videos. Get both. I'm probably banned from buying any more pillows in the household for now. <laughs> we can't fit anything more in this pillow room, Sam. <laughs> this I thought this third bedroom was going to be my wrapping paper room, but no, it's now full of pillows. Right. So the pillow, the purple pillow comes in like neat packaging, right? It comes in like a zip up purple bag. Right. I that- feel like if you're going to be any kind of mattress startup, you have to have some kind of like uh, packaging, USB branding, exactly. Yeah. And uh, I've I thought I've hidden it away in the trash gingerly, <laughs> but I get a text from my wife <laughs> with the picture of it saying, "Are you kidding me?" <laughs> she obviously knows my history. Busted. <laughs> with pillows, so do you have do you have all your previous pillows in a collection somewhere? I do. <laughs> they are in a storage bin. <laughs> It's great for when I have guests over. They, right. You they get have overwhelmed. Nice. You're like, well, do you want the cervical pillow, the hollow <laughs> pillow, the husk, one made with a barley? I've got this one over here that's yeah, carved from ancient runes. No, I don't know why they do that. But you had the hollow pillow. That's, that's something that's advertised on podcasts occasionally, which is made from wheat. Oh, the buckwheat buck pillow. Yeah. 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 The husk pillow. Yep. Full of old husks. Those are great. I might go back to that one uh, at some point. Have you tried? Have you tried combining for the ultimate flexibility? No, the thing is, like, if you combine, oh, oh, yeah, right. like, it's I don't like much. the height. The height is a problem. I see. Yeah. yeah, I'm a side sleeper, so I like some support yeah. for the head. So the husk pillow is actually great for that. Only thing is, it's you can't control the shape too well. Those husks run rampant. Exactly. It <laughs> takes form of whatever the container is in, so you have to readjust quite often. <laughs> Okay, and that will conclude the latest episode of a show within the show, Pillow Talk. So, Edwin, yes, you have seven days to play. Two things. Headline game. Headline game is PUBG Mobile. Exciting. And then the secondary game for the subway ride is Hoppenhelm. <laughs> I do appreciate your attention to my gaming lifestyle. I do what I can. Yeah, I appreciate it. You are a valuable co-host to the show. <laughs> play along with us at home. And tweet us any game suggestions you might have for the future at 7 Days to Play. Follow us on Instagram at 7 Days to Play and Facebook 7 Days to Play. 
I'm deleting my Facebook account, Sam, so you're going to have to be the sole maintainer of that. Oh, yeah. I might delete mine as well. <laughs> yeah. Mm. So maybe just Instagram. Yep. Although Instagram is owned by Facebook. Damn. There's no escape. Don't email us. Sunday's for play.